Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear okay, Chris, uh, Corrine? Thank you. We are on fire today. <laughs> We've been sitting like mountains. I heard a fire alarm when it was on That was it? That was it? Sitting like mountains, we're chanting like the tabernacle choir. Uh, meal practice was just like a dance this morning. Um, we, we, we need to sit for another three or four days because we're, 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 we're getting it. We're getting it. Let's do it. <laughs> I can remember one, one Rohatsu. I was in this mood. I think it's a day three mood. It is. Uh, it is. The, the euphoria of day three. Uh, but I was thinking, you know, during work periods, we could make uh, we could make uh, fruit cakes and sell them. And, uh, and and that would support us just to do this all the time. It would, it would be like a perpetual motion machine. We'd just crank out crank out cakes and and sit. That would be that would be the circuit the, the perpetual motion. Um it's very inspiring to sit in a group such as this that is um, devoted to this practice, devoted to saving all beings, devoted to illuminating the path. I, I actually felt uh, I was slouching a little, a little in the second period and everybody else was sitting so, so still and so uh, straight. So I, I put a little more energy in my spine, and I kind of did a, a body scan, you know, where I, where I sharpened up my mudra, threw my shoulders back, pulled my chin in a little bit, and and I, I, I just I felt a great energy, um, just doing just sort of uh, wanting to be in accord with all of the diligent practice that was right before me. And of course, the the great, you know, who, who knows, somebody knows about all the chakras that get aligned when, when we really are in this ancient posture. But um, I just felt a great, a great energetic, uh, surge when I said, okay, I'm going to join these mountains, this mountain range before me and, and uh, sit tall. I want to take a, a little closer look at the um, Buddha's Parinirvana brief admonitions sutra that we've been chanting in the mornings and that we'll chant today um, at around two o'clock for the for the um, Parinirvana ceremony. If you can come back at two o'clock, maybe a little bit before we might be, uh, as soon as we finish cleaning up, it's a, it's a wonderful uh, ceremony. Now there's symbols. And, and there's musical instruments, yes. Um, uh, you know, ad admonition is always a, a scary term for me. Uh, I looked it up, and uh, one definition is that it's a, a gentle warning. That's in the Merriam-Webster dictionary. The OED, that thick dogmatic tome says that it's a warning with a subtle scolding. Mm -hmm. I think that's how I, I, I know the term. 
maybe that's just my karmic past only focuses on the subtle scolding rather than the gentle warning. And uh, another dictionary says it's, it can be advice, guidance, or counsel. So that's not bad. And, 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 and actually the Buddha, the Buddha himself in the sutra says, um, uh, um, I have now finished my compassionate teaching for your benefit. So the Buddha was more in the gentle warning or, or counsel side of things. Um, but there's, there's, you know, he lists here about um, 10 or so, 10 or so um, points that, that sounds like he really wants us to remember since it's his, his last teaching. In the, in the first paragraph, though, he kind of, he kind of gives us the most, uh, the most hope of all, as I said, you know, uh, there's the picture of of him giving the sutra on the altar, him sort of laying down, kind of weak. Uh, but all of his disciples are around him, and he's giving his last teaching. Um, he lay between the twin solid trees. I think you can see the two trees in there. Um, and was about to enter nirvana. At this time in the middle of the night, all was quiet without any sound. Then for the sake of his disciples, he spoke on the essentials of the Dharma. All of you monks, he says, after my nirvana, you should revere and honor the precepts this is like finding light in the darkness or a poor person finding a treasure is, is turning towards the precepts. You should know that they are your great teacher and are not different from my actual presence in the world. Um, so th this, is, this is kind of what uh, Red Pine says. Uh, the sutras, the teachings of the Buddha are my actual presence in the world. They're not different from this body that you see right before you now. Uh, and so so it's it's not like I'll be leaving. It's not like there'll be an absence. You can always just turn inward, maybe turn and look over your shoulder when uh, when the, when uh, the thought comes to you to yeah, I think I, I think I need to bring harmony to this moment of discord. That's kind of what our precepts are is is uh, you know 10, 10 recommendations on bringing harmony to discord. And there's of course lots more than 10. so, any action that we do, any any time we say, I need I, I need to I need to help out here. Uh, that's the that's the Dharmakaya of Buddha. That's our Buddha nature uh, right here. That's Buddha, um, the, the body of Buddha uh, enacting itself in the world. He says a similar thing later on in the sutra, um, uh, asking us to continuously practice. Then this Tathagata's body is always enduring and indestructible. So our our um, our practice here on the cushion and and when we feel that tug on our robes and our Buddha nature comes to the surface. Um, that's the enduring 
and indestructible body of the Tathagata stepping forward. And, and uh, I mean, you might, might think that that happens several times a day that we say, I've got to make the best of this. I've got to step in here. I've got to relax here. I'm, I've, I'm separating myself with some kind of an opinion uh, about how things should be. I've just got to relax here. And that's the enduring and indestructible body of Buddha stepping forward with that body and mind of spaciousness, of compassion, of remembering the intimacy with all things. That's what that, that's what what Buddha is um, is outlined here in the very beginning of of his last teaching. Um, but then he goes into some specifics. On two occasions, he talks about um, he warns against being dragged around by sense desires. Um, and, and, and that comes up, uh, you know, of course, that's part of the, the Four Noble Truths. You know, our suffering is caused by the Second Noble Truth, uh, which is uh, our desires and craving, you know, mainly this craving to protect this special individual self. But uh, in general, uh, right from the beginning, the Buddha had us really take a close look at um, desires, cravings. Um, and um, on one occasion, he says, um, you know, having few desires cultivates peace, cultivates a peaceful mind. Um, and uh, then in the next paragraph, he says, uh, the he's talking about contentment. We reach, we achieve contentment when we're mindful of our desires, especially our desires for for wealth. He mentions it uh, on a couple of occasions that um, you know it's not it's not about how much money you have. Or everyone can have this contentment when they watch the mind of desire. I think it's our, I, 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 I'm, I'm assuming this is, this is his, um, his kind of gentle guidance that he's not, you know, saying uh, that, that we can never get rid of our desires. I think that's part of our karmic, uh, our, our karmic bodies. And, uh, he just says, pay attention, watch them. I mean, there's that a, a whole other paragraph uh, towards the bottom of the first page uh, on mindfulness. Um, pay attention to when, when these desires come up. Uh, they, they almost always um, are separating us out, you know, dividing us from the world or dividing the world into pieces. Uh, and so just, just pay attention. And see if you can, uh, somebody was saying, uh, uh, what was it, softening that mind. I think that's I think that's the best we can do, is pay attention and then soften. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm uh, let me ease, let me, let me, let me step forward with a little bit more ease rather than uh, step forward with a desire or a great idea. Um, so he's uh, uh, he's having us pay attention to desires, and you, you know, and that comes up. It's come up again and again. Our trust in mind, having confidence in mind, such that um, uh, this way, this way is like our orioki this morning. This beautiful flowing dance, as long as. Uh, as long as uh, we don't pick and choose, as long as we uh, put down our desires, it's uh, the way is um, uh, is easy. 
uh, Senkan said, Kanchi Sosan said, uh, it's easy, it's easy, just pay attention. Uh, just soften, soften that mind of desire. The um, Buddha mentions uh, diligence. on a couple of occasions. And diligence in, in the Buddhist sense, uh, you know, in the conventional sense, when we work hard, we get too tired and we poop out. Uh, Buddhist diligence is nurturing. You know, once again, it's the perpetual motion machine. Mm -hmm. It's just one fruit kick after another, uh, uh, without without uh, without tiring. Uh, and uh, you know, I th I think you know even even uh, as I sit here, I know that that uh, you know when I do sort of tell myself, Patrick, be patient, like uh, in traffic or wherever wherever I wherever I feel impatience, Patrick, be patient. I mean, there's a little bit of energy to sort of say, to uh, you know, be patient, and and I I can feel my body relax. Uh, I can feel spaciousness when I attend to the practice of patience. So I know that I'm not gonna, you know, wear myself out by being too patient. Um, I, I I just know that to be true. So so that's that's the Buddhist kind of diligence. I mean, the flip side is um, is uh, uh, you know we can we can we can uh, what, what's what's a what's a not such a gloomy way to say this uh, we can really murder ourselves uh, uh, by thinking we're not practicing hard enough. You know, we can uh, we can. Um, we can really uh, run ourselves through a ringer if we say, "Oh, I should, I should be at that Zen no more," uh, or "Oh, I should, I should have signed up for the third day of Sashin." Uh, we can really be hard on ourselves, and and even though we might drag ourselves to the Zendo because of that, um, because of that um, admonition, that um, with the hint of scorn, with a scolding. Uh, that's the kind of diligence, even though it ends up with us curled up on the cushion, that's the kind of diligence that uh, wears us out. Um, the first time I heard that, just this is just down memory lane, was was at the 99 practice period that with uh, with Max and, and um, Liz and and uh, and uh, Reb. Yeah, was the was the practice leader, and he was talking about leaking. Remember, and I mean, it, it, leaking is a is a term for when you know you're, you're burning yourself out. And and I think he was he was aware that that there were some new priests in the group, and he was aware that uh, you know I think I think there were four of us in that group that uh, were sewing our our priest robes, you know, so we were preparing for ordination. And he was specifically talking about. Um, you know about you know being hard on yourself in in practice, critical about practice. He said, you know, putting on the robe, uh, or coming to Dasahara. You know whether you're you know putting on the robe or not. You know should be nurturing. Uh, putting on this robe, this practice should nurture us. It shouldn't be another source of um, self criticism because there might we might have an idea of the perfect way to practice. Oh, that person up there. You know, Kokyo was sitting right next to next to Reb. He was the head student. Kokyo, if I could only practice like him. <laughs> oh, 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 and uh, Catherine, you know, Catherine is good friends with, with Vicky Austin, who was the Tonto. V Vicky's up at, up at San Francisco. Uh, uh, but so Catherine, you know, told Vicky to put me in a place, 
you know, where I could see everything so I could learn everything, which is why, what, which is why a lot of us, a lot of people go to Tassajara is to learn the forms and sort of be in the monastery. And so, so Vicky plunked me right in front of, uh, of Reb and Kokyo. Uh, yeah. And uh, so, so, so there was, there, there was a little bit uh, over those uh, 12 weeks of me going, oh, if I could only sit like that, if I could only sit like that. If, if I could only put my robes on like that, both, both of them looked like um, like they were putting on brand new robes every day. The, the creases were perfect. There wasn't this soup stain right here that won't go away. Uh, so there, there was a lot of this. So, so, I, so I think because I was telling myself that and Reb, Reb gave, um, Reb gave the, uh, the, the talk on not leaking not you know looking making sure your diligence nurtures you i think that's why it it, it really was an arrow right into my heart i mean in a, in a good like cupid like oh that's true that's true i know i i've got to look at this so um so so buddha brings up diligence in this sutra and um on several occasions and it's not it's not an admonition it's not the it's not the scornful admonition to work harder. It's um, it's be nurtured, uh, turn towards, you know, uh, uh, the gate of sweet dew, and um, you know he says he says here uh, speaking of being on fire. Um, he says, um, don't stop, uh, don't stop rubbing sticks together by friction before you feel any heat. Um, uh, so keep, keep practicing till you feel the warmth of the Buddha's heart. And you can just sink into that, that warmth. Don't stop. Uh, uh, straighten up your spine a little bit and it might pull you a little closer to the warmth of the Buddha's heart. Maybe that's what I was feeling. Oh yeah, there it is. That's the spot. That's the spot. Um, keep rubbing those sticks together until you combust. That's my line. And of course, that's that, that's uh, inspired by Dogen, who says, uh, practice like your hair was on fire. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that doesn't sound very nice either. But, uh, you know, when, you know, we're trying to we're, we're trying to uh, put that fire out, not so that we can relax. And but um, we want we want that suffering. The, that, the burn of suffering that we that we carry with us I mean that, that, that's that's basically what the truth of suffering is is you know suffering is chronic pain in our lives it's always nearby um we're always close to it we've got that um we've got that uh, predisposition a karmic predisposition for this chronic suffering. And um, and the second noble truth is, um, but is, you know, it's fueled by desires. And then the third noble truth, that, um, that balm of Gilead, that cool stream of the third noble truth that says, but there's liberation, there's liberation. And that's about remembering, remembering the harmony that is 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 um our true nature um remember precepts remember remember uh, you know how our speech can can make someone fall in love with us and how we've fallen in love uh, because of someone's speech uh, that's that's uh, that that's Buddha's message in in the Four Noble Truths, and and that's that's what he's reminding us of here.
um, with, uh, with just that slight turning, there's no energy at all in turning from a mind that's wrestling with a past argument in your head here, right here on the cushion. The mind can just go over and over. There's no energy at all in just going, oh, put that down, Patrick. Just get back to the breath. That's not gonna wear me out. That just slight turn in perspective. Uh, that's not gonna wear me out. That's gonna nurture me. That's gonna, that, that amount of diligence is gonna nurture me. It's, uh, I'm not gonna wear out from just that slight, that slight turn. Buddha talks about wisdom. All of you monks, if you have wisdom, you will be free from greed and attachment. Always examine yourself and do not allow faults to arise. I don't know about that one, but I like to always examine yourself. And actually the rest of the paragraph is about um, this mindful examination of this body and mind. So I think this wisdom here is um, is insight. Vipassana. Vipassana. Uh, I think it's insight. You, you know, uh, traditionally, it's not brought up so much in the Mahayana Sutras, but uh, but the Pali Canon is filled with this these lessons on uh, Shamatha and Vipassana. Um, shamatha is quieting the mind, dropping, dropping the self. Maybe it's close to the Buddha to Dogen's drop body and mind. Uh, it's just it's quieting the mind, quite dropping those ego-driven desires that that right here on the cushion, we're trying to think of that zinger that we can tell the person next time. Mm -hmm. I, I've done that. Uh, just drop that ego, quiet the mind, quiet this mind that is separating you from the rest of the universe and settle deeper uh, into uh, the, the depths of the warm heart of Buddha. That's what that's what vipassana is. That's what um, uh, once once we've once we've uh, cleared another image, cleared the thicket of our ego of our um, defenses. Uh, we can sink deeper into the into the into the warmth of the Buddha's heart. Um, or another metaphor. Wisdom is like a bright lamp in the ignorance of, in the darkness of ignorance. Um, uh, we, we have, he says, a clear understanding of the truth of this life. Um, this, this type of insight, this type of wisdom, clear understanding, it illuminates um, profound heart of the Buddha. This is my teaching on wisdom. He talks about um, uh, later on, the last couple of paragraphs, whether you are in the mountains, in a desolate marsh, beneath a tree, or in a quiet dwelling, be mindful of the Dharma you have received and do not forget it. Wherever you are, uh, you can relax your shoulders and feel the boundless Buddha heart in the midst of a desolate marsh. You know, maybe, maybe the crocodiles, maybe uh, uh, even, even even there you can go, 
this is my life. Uh, I'm not going to save myself from panicking, from bringing in more fear. I've just got to figure out what to do here. Can I relax a little bit, even in this danger, and uh, work my way out of this? So, so wherever you are, hopefully you're beneath a tree or in a quiet dwelling. Um, it might be a little easier to be inspired by the depths of the Dharma there. But, but he also says, you know, in this desolate marsh, we can also we can also be nurtured by the Dharma. He says that this single-minded, Diligent seeking of the way is the way of liberation. He says that at the end. And um, this was, he also um, taught this, wherever, wherever you are, whatever situation you're in, just Remember the precepts, remember the Dharma, remember the harmony. And from that place of harmony, no matter where you are, uh, that's where you start to, uh, to free, to liberate all beings, to save all beings from suffering. Not from the depths of, of fear and desire, but from settling into the harmony of this moment. Oh, this is my life right now. Let's take it from here, wherever you are. That's, that's, that's where you start um, uh, saving all beings from suffering, including, including this Bodhisattva right here who finds himself in the, you know, circled by, circled by flames. He was, um, he was telling this again in uh, the Vimalakirti Sutra. <coughs> uh, underneath that, um, underneath that huge red canopy of Buddha's heart that surrounded all of the Buddha fields that everyone was just in awe of. There's the Buddha field of lush gardens. Oh, there's the Buddha field of jade palaces and vermilion towers. They were just in awe of all of that. And, um, and the bold, the fearless young Shariputra in the midst of that awe. Certainly he, he was in awe as well. But he was a little, he was kind of bold. He steps up in front of those 32,000 bodhisattvas and 8,000 monks and nuns. And uh, he steps up and says, um, Tell me, Buddha. He was kind of, kind of snarky. Shariputra was kind of snarky. Tell me, Buddha. If the Buddha field is pure to the extent that the Bodhisattva is pure, so, so, so remember that this purifying, the Buddha field is um, the Bodhisattvas remembering their vows, uh, remembering their intention to save all beings from suffering. Um, so, if this is your Buddha field and you're you're the pure one here, um, what's going on? <laughs> because how could this Buddha field, like right here in this grove where we're listening to you speak, it looks to be pretty impure. Um, uh, the Buddha was not to be ruffled. <laughs> I'm sure he was compassionate, that he met snarkiness with compassion. What do you think, Shariputra? 
Oh, uh, I skipped a line. Um, oh, oh, no, here. What do you think, Shariputra? Is it because the sun and moon are impure that blind people don't see them? And Shariputra is getting sort of serious. He knows he's getting a, getting a, um, a teaching here. No, Bhagavan, it is not so. The fault lies with the blind people, not with the sun and the moon. It's hard to blame blind people for not seeing the moon, but, but we know we know what he means. He means that you know the the radiant light of the Buddha is always there, um, and we just have to. Like 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 um like Shakti, you know, sitting out in her chair in the sun today. The chair was elevated; it was reclined. It looked it looked she looked like a sunflower, you know, or like or like those um uh the, what what are those uh those cells those uh, photoelectric cells that uh that you put on your house that you can actually get to follow the sun around so that you can have full sun against you know receive the warmth of the Buddha all day long or just automatically turn. That was a, that was a Shakti out there uh, just before lecture uh, facing the sun and her chair, her, probably in the back of the chair, there's a big uh, electronic panel that just keeps her facing the sun at all times. So, um, so, so, so that, so, so the, uh, Oh, and the, the Buddha says in this one, maybe a little snarky. What is this this about? You know, it's not the doctor's fault if you don't take the medicine. <laughs> That's a little bit harsh. <laughs> so uh, snarkiness abounds in the Buddha field. Um, but uh, so so that so but that that's the lesson. No, this this radiant light, this radiant light is is uh, is always is always there. You just have to, you know, feel that tug on your robe. Oh, you, you know, maybe it's the, uh, you, you know, it's hard to say. It's hard to say that our suffering becomes our mindfulness bell. But maybe when we're really cursing ourselves about, you know, how slow the traffic is going, maybe that ends up being the mindfulness bell that says, "Relax, you know, chill out." <laughs> um, you know, turn on, turn on some nice music, and you'll get there when you get there. Um, uh, and and lo and behold, there is spaciousness. There is kindness towards the other people in the traffic lane, where before there was there was there was suffering. You find yourself surrounded by other bodhisattvas that are really patiently trying not trying to be as safe as possible oh yeah i mean it just switches just like that and it was there all the time and and that's the message that um that uh, the buddha was trying to teach shariputra that this this beating compassionate heart of buddha is we are that all all the time you just have to you just have to feel that tug. You just, or, or, or with our practice, of course, with our, with our diligent practice, it's always close to the surface. It's, it's, it's easy to access. It's not, it's not buried so deeply underneath the thicket of our habit energy. Uh, with our practice, with our insight into this mind and body, it's close to the surface. It's, it's, it's easier to access. That's that's the message here. Um, uh, Shariputra is not um, not to be not to be um, put down so easily. Um, I see, he says, the great earth, its highs and lows, its thorns, its precipices, its peaks, 
and its abysses. He's basically saying, you know, I see where you're coming from, but there's wars going on that are soul sucking, that are that are that are destroying all of our spirits. Uh, there's we've changed the planet over the last century. Yeah, such that, uh, you know, whole island nations have already disappeared. That there's, there's flooding right in our own backyard in a way that there never has been before because we have changed this, changed this planet and it's no longer habitable. Even here, even places right here in Santa Cruz County, wake up i mean he, he he doesn't get that bold he gets almost that bold he says um um uh, it's thorn it's got thorns it's got it's got steep dangerous cliffs it's got abysses as if this whole buddha filled whole buddha field was filled with order which is another word for excrement mm -hmm. uh so 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 shariputra yeah order no one's ever heard of that word except maybe miriam webster mm -hmm. um so boot so he's fighting back here okay we can do this practice, but let's be real here about about this about this world. Um, somebody butts in at this point. The Brahma Sikkim butts in. You know, Brahma is um, the high, the upper classes. Maybe Brahma was is sort of the the old school that, of disciple that followed the Buddha. Um, the Brahma Sikhing butts in and says, um, Reverend Shariputra, uh, do not say that this Buddha field of the Tathagata is impure. So there's a little finger wagging from the, from the upper classes. Um, uh, remember Shariputra, the Buddha field of the Tathagata is pure. I personally see the splendid expanse of the Buddha field of the Lord Shakyamuni as equal to the splendor of all of these other abodes that, that you've pointed out. So uh, so this is the, the upper class Brahma Sikkim that's saying, you know, believe it, because uh, I see it. Uh, you know, this Brahma Sikkim was maybe maybe sort of you know, like the Democrat um, Nancy Pelosi, you know, the, the old school Democrat uh, uh, who's helped helped us immeasurably over the the four decades that she's been in office, uh, and is right there. Whatever whoever the Buddha is, she's right there you know, by that Buddha's side. Um, and maybe Shariputra is sort of the um, the union worker who's always been a Democrat and, uh, but, uh, but is kind of saying, despite voting all the time for the Democrats, my, my salary isn't keeping up with inflation. You know, I'm kind of looking at the other side a little bit, you know, uh, uh, they're going to make our gas cheaper so I don't have to buy those expensive electric cars, you know, that the Democrats want us to buy. I mean, I, you can't even, an electric car, you can't even drive down to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas yet without having to stop at some, you know, latte-encrusted uh, charging station. <laughs> um, I'm I'm starting to look at the other side. So this is the this this is the dialogue that's happening here, you know the the um, uh, uh, Shariputra is really really kind of pushing back, 
say, let's let's get real. And uh, yeah, I've done my part. I've, I've been studying with the Buddha for a long time myself, but I'm not feeling it. Mm. And I look around and, you know, we're sitting in a nice grove here, but, but um, you know, just down the way, horrible war is happening. Um, we, we, we had to lock ourselves in the house for three years because of disease going around the entire planet. What's going on here? And um, um, so the Buddha kind of unfurls, kind of rocks back and forth. Pulls up his uh, robe a little bit, and uh, and kind of you know he's sitting on sort of a high high chair, a high cushion, and he takes his foot and he puts his toe right right here on the ground, on the surface of this Buddha field that we're all in. And suddenly, the Buddha field was transformed into a huge mass of precious jewels, a magnificent array of many hundreds of thousands of clusters of precious gems until it resembled the universe of Tathagata Ratnavayuha, which must have been one of the, one of the um, Jade Palace Jade palaces up, up in the heavens. Everyone in the entire assembly was filled with wonder, each perceiving themselves seated on a throne of jeweled lotuses. Then the Buddha said to the venerable Shariputra, Shariputra, do you see the splendor and virtues of this Buddha field? And Shariputra said, I see it. Here before me is a display of splendor such I have never before seen. Buddha says, Shariputra, maybe with a little bit of head patting condescension. Shariputra, this Buddha field is always thus pure. But the Tathagata makes it appear to be spoiled by many faults in order to bring about the maturity of my students. That's not such a good ending. I should have left it with, I see it. Because yeah, that's, that's kind of what we, what we say to each other, to ourselves mainly on, on this third day. Oh, yeah. I'm I've, I'm kind of more relaxed today. I uh, I can find ease in my mind as I sit on the cushion. I I love the fact that we all are are know Oriyoki so well by now. I can see what a beautiful dance this this is. I can see it. I can see it. I'm. I'm part of this great ballet, this nutcracker suite of, of parinirvana. Um, I, we know the steps so well now, I can see it. Um, and uh, uh, it, it just, just um, uh, maybe we came here, maybe we came here with, uh, uh, things weren't going so well, and we needed we needed a break from that. Uh, maybe 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 we came here. So 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 maybe maybe the maybe the difficulties, maybe the first noble truth in our life, uh, is what uh, is what Buddha means by saying, uh, you know, even though it's even though it's always pure. Uh, there's going to be this suffering in your life that that helps you uh, relieve that suffering. 
there's going to be this practice available that helps to relieve any suffering that, that, that might arise even in the midst of these jade palaces and vermilion towers. Uh, so maybe that's the, the 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 final lesson here. But but I think the I think we can only hear that when we when we when we've we also have said to ourselves, I see it, I see it, and uh, uh, and and finally, um, uh, that was um, Shariputra's awakening. Oh, I just have to, I just have to say, I can sit here in this traffic. I can just sit here in uh, uh, with this difficulty at work, and and when I when I start seeing the the um, the perfectness, the the perfection of this moment, then I can. I can start uh, this practice of saving all beings, uh, pointing myself always in the direction of uh, the red glow of Buddha's compassionate heart. May it always be thus. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. impossible. I to be tormented, being numberless. I to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I to I'm <laughs> going 